What's going on, family? Happy Tuesday, and welcome to another edition of The Faction Quick Hits. It's your man, GB, Gerard Bonner. Hope you guys are doing well. Hope you're having uh, a fantastic day, a fantastic week, and you're ready to end the month of July in a big, big way. Got to give a big shout out to all of our friends who are following us on social media. If you're not doing that, go ahead and click the follow button at The Faction Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We would definitely love to interact with you. Also, subscribe to our podcast. Those of you who've already done so, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. If you haven't, just click the subscribe button and you'll be able to check out our content here as soon as it posts. You'll get a notification, which will be absolutely fantastic. Add to that, we'd love for you to rate and comment on our podcast. So you can do that on your preferred podcast platform. We would absolutely love to hear your thoughts on what we're doing here on The Faction. So as always, lots of news to share with you. We want to start by going back to SmackDown for a second. Because yesterday in our recap, we talked about quite a few things, but left out perhaps a seed that was dropped that could be a game changer for WWE in 2020. So going back to the Extreme Rules pay-per-view, the first match on the card was a tag team title match. Uh, It ended up being a tables match that saw Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura defeat the New Day, ending their eighth title reign. In so doing, it was a powerbomb from the top rope through two tables onto the floor that Cesaro issued to Kofi Kingston that ultimately ended the match. But not only did it end the match, but uh, Kofi's going to be out for about six to eight weeks. And so with Kofi Kingston out, with Xavier Woods out, that only means one thing is possible. And they pretty clearly told us that Friday night being a singles push for Big E. So there are a lot of people who have been believing for quite some time that it is long overdue for Big E to get a singles push in WWE. For those who don't remember, Big E is no stranger to singles competition as he was the second NXT champion defeating Seth Rollins, the first NXT champion. Uh, He was the first African-American man to hold the NXT championship. And back in NXT, he had a gimmick similar to King Kong Bundy in this regard, that he didn't just want a three count, he wanted a five count. And that five became very popular in NXT. When he made his move to WWE, he ended up being the sidekick for a bit and bodyguard or the heavy for Dolph Ziggler. And then he would ultimately win the Intercontinental Championship. But then after that, it wasn't long before he became part of a tag team. And then, of course, the New Day happened and the rest is history. We've seen, of course, the solo run for Kofi Kingston. Who can forget last year and his amazing WrestleMania moment, the journey there, Kofi mania. But now it's time for Big E to get that opportunity. And I'm excited to see where it could go. I mean, think about this. Certainly, we could see Big E as the Intercontinental Champion, but I want to see Big E as either the WWE or the Universal Champion. He deserves that. He has proven that he has all of the tools in and out of the ring to represent WWE well. And if you didn't know, one of the top merchandise sellers of all of WWE for the last few years has been 
the New Day. So I think just as Kofi Kingston blazed, I think Big E can blaze. This is where I really wish fans were back in the arena. But certainly, the presence of fans online will make a big, big deal uh, for Big E. So, shout out to Big E. I think it's going to be an amazing, amazing moment. Now, over the weekend, former WWE talent Leo Rush returned to wrestling. Let me explain what happened here. So, if you remember, about three months ago, Leo Rush was among the wave of folks who was released in the pandemic cuts for WWE. Now, there had already been some issues with Leo Rush in WWE prior to, but he made a comeback. He was the NXT Cruiserweight Champion. Uh, He seemed to be doing really, really well, and then... Things happened before the pandemic. He was off of television. Then the pandemic happened. And uh, if you follow him on social media, you'll know that he really began pursuing his music career and at one point had even began selling his wrestling gear, saying, hey, look, I'm done with pro wrestling. Well, a couple of weeks ago, he began talking about the final match, that he was going to have a retirement match. We didn't know who the opponent would be. We didn't know where it would happen. Well, over the weekend, we found out as a masked man found his way to GCW, Game Changer Wrestling, uh, and attacked Joey Janela. That man would be Leo Rush. Leo Rush attacked Joey Janela, and then the next day would have his final match in pro wrestling, or at least so he says, with Joey Janela. So this is significant for a couple of reasons. For one, Leo Rush and Joey Janela do have a long-standing history of some pretty incredible matches and a pretty incredible rivalry at that on the indie circuit. Joey Janela, as most of you may know, is an AEW talent who happens to be a part owner of GCW. So... Yeah, you kind of have a former WWE guy with a current AEW guy in an independent promotion. And Leo Rush looks as good as he ever has. Now, should Leo Rush retire from pro wrestling? I don't know. I don't think he's had the kind of career that he had the potential to have. But again, if you don't love the business or you feel jaded by the business and you don't want to be a part and you want to pursue something else, you have the ability to do that. He's still young. He's still in his early 20s, 25 maybe max. So he still has a lot of shelf life left. And if he decides to take a break from the industry and come back, that's an option as well. He's had some challenges, but what he's been able to do in ring has been unlike any other. So if indeed this weekend was the swan song for Leo Rush, we do bid him adieu and we wish him well on his music career. Another athlete that is saying adieu to pro wrestling and certainly to WWE is Kyrie Sane. If you watched Monday Night Raw last night, the final images of Kyrie Sane was getting beat up tremendously by Bailey during the women's title match last night that ultimately saw Asuka leave the ring, get counted out to go rescue her best friend, and in so doing, losing the Raw Women's Championship to Sasha Banks. So congratulations to Sasha Banks, who is now a five-time Raw Women's Champion. Um, But perhaps the bigger story here is the departure of Kyrie Sane. And it is a big story. Kyrie Sane uh, came to WWE, began in NXT some three years ago as a highly 
how did recruit one of Japan's greatest wrestlers for sure. And uh, she accomplished quite a bit. She won the May Young Classic, the inaugural May Young Classic. She won the NXT Championship. She's a former women's tag team champion uh, and really garnered the love and affection of a lot of fans. And I guess the concern comes is her move to Raw and SmackDown. She was not utilized, perhaps, as she should. Again, one of Japan's greatest exports misused in WWE. And unfortunately, that seems to be a trending thing with WWE. Amazing talent that is not used well. And so she is grateful. She has uh, bid us adieu by way of Twitter. And uh, she's told us a couple of things which I think are pretty powerful. She said, quote, my time in the NXT and WWE locker rooms was incredible. Everyone was kind, funny and talented. So every day was full of happiness. Also, I was saved by the supportive staff behind the scenes. I will forever love and respect all these professionals I had the pleasure of working with. She continued to say, I was able to accomplish so much in the last three years, but it wasn't because of my ability or my strength. It was because of all of the constant warm support from the fans. I am so thankful I could meet you all. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Kyrie is set to return to Japan where it's rumored that she'll be spending some time with her husband. We don't know if she'll return to pro wrestling in Japan or if this is it for Kyrie Sane. If this is it, oh gosh, what a great career. What an amazing talent. And uh, I just find it highly unfortunate that again, on WWE's main stage, uh, it has not been actualized or realized all that she was able to do. And unfortunately, if you look at not just the Japanese wrestlers or the women wrestlers, but there's a lot of wrestlers who are misused in WWE. Let's think about Kyrie Sane. Let's think about Asuka. What a horrible way to lose your championship via countout. And honestly, since Asuka left NXT, she has not been respected or treated as she should have been. She should have never lost to Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania. She should have always had an amazing title run and been viewed the same way as a Charlotte Flair, a Becky Lynch, or any of those horsewomen. That should have been an option. How about Shinsuke Nakamura, uh, a former IWGP heavyweight champion, a former IWGP intercontinental champion, a Japanese legend who ends up winning the Royal Rumble, who ends up getting a WWE title shot at WrestleMania, but never an opportunity to go forward and be champion. Uh, I, I don't like this. And there's a theme that you guys are seeing, I'm certain. The theme that is concerning to me is why must champions look a certain way, come from a certain space, and not be recognized for their amazing ability. So yes, you take guys like Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura, and they become the tag team champions. That's great. And it, it would mean a whole lot if you had a significant tag team division as we did in the 80s. But the tag team division right now in WWE is lackluster. I mean, you've got the New Day, uh, the Usos are out on injury. The New Day is out on injury. 
On Raw, you've got the Viking Raiders, who are a former, they are definitely a shell of their former selves. Um, you know, there are not a lot of tag teams anymore who are really doing amazing things. And so it's like, what WWE is doing is they're taking folks who uh, they consider mid-card or less and just randomly pairing them together, like the team of Ricochet and Cedric Alexander. A random team thrown together, I like what they bring to the table, but they're being limited by what WWE is doing with them. Now, could change come by way of two WWE legends who have now taken to assisting behind the scenes. That's the case with Hall of Famer Edge and former world champion Daniel Bryan, both of whom are not currently on television, but they have reportedly joined the WWE writing team, which I think is pretty amazing if you think about the history that both of these amazing guys happen to have. And so my understanding is that Edge is impacting Raw, Daniel Bryan is impacting SmackDown. If you think about what both of them have accomplished in this industry, they are both well-equipped to do that. They have great minds for pro wrestling, and uh, I think it's a great move. Now, if last night's episode of Monday Night Raw was any indicator, I can already see Edge's hand on it. Equally, I think the SmackDown product is improving, and it's not just because of my knowledge of Daniel Bryan being a part. I think what's happening right now is Monday Night Raw and SmackDown are both making a turn for the better, I found myself a lot more interested, invested in last night's three-hour show, which is definitely different for me in Monday Night Raw. Um, so there's possibility. I think, again, much like what happened with WWE during the Monday Night War, one show is not enough. We need multiple shows in succession to get our attention because right now most people aren't paying the type of attention that you want them to so the idea of a randy orton battling a drew mcintyre at SummerSlam that's got my interest you know the idea of what could happen in the tag team division with the street profits and andrade and angel garza that's got my attention. Um, I was very vested in the title match last night between Asuka and Sasha Banks. And quite frankly, Sasha Banks and Bailey are really building to something. I think both have dramatically improved in this last year. So there's some potential in what's happening in WWE. Perhaps Edge and Daniel Bryan are the ones to kind of take things over the top and do what some others weren't able to do. I want to get your thoughts on all that we shared today because it was a lot. The departure of Kyrie Sane, the retirement of Leo Rush, Edge and Daniel Bryan now writing for Raw and SmackDown. What do you think of all of that? Let us know via social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Faction Show. We definitely want to hear from you. Also, feel free to leave a comment as to what you think about today's show and perhaps what you'd like to hear in the future uh, covered on an episode of The Faction. All right, we're going to get out of here. Hope you guys have an amazing Tuesday. Until next time, it's your man GB, Gerard Bonner, representing from my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and John Murray. Collectively, we're known as The Faction. I lead my people, here we go.